How are you, baby? You good? Oh, she said she wants to hear me and be bored. <laughs> you guys have your Bibles with you. Open up Psalm 119. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure we're going to finish with Psalm 119. <clears throat> so, as we work our way through, we're going to be picking it up in Psalm, 120, or Psalm 119, verse 121. Remember, as we work our way through this psalm, the entire psalm is about the treasure of God's Word. The beauty of God's Word, what we gain from God's Word, what God's Word provides for us, what we can learn in God's Word. So as we look at it, as we work our way through, it's that call, really, to God's people to, to decide, are we going um, to be consistent? In other words, are we, are we in or out? I got, uh, I got guys who are on my, I don't know what you call it, ministry team. And I asked them, um, are, you, are you on a team or not? If you're on a team, then we're all the way in and here's the direction we're going. And it's okay if you don't want to be on the team. Just don't waste my time halfway. You understand what I mean? Like, oh, I'm in, no, I'm out. Oh, I'm in, no, I'm out. And I think a lot of times in our relationship with Christ is like that. We, we want this relationship with Christ, but we're not in. And, and I'm not always sure where we are even in that relationship with Christ because the Scripture tells us what that looks like, how that flows out of the heart of a man or a woman, you know, the, the love of Christ pouring out because we've been touched, because Jesus Christ has <clears throat> changed our heart, and now we find ourselves a new creation created in Christ Jesus, right, to, to be and to do the things God's calling us to do. And one of those things is uh, a love for His Word, a love to know, a desire to know Him. I mean, I, I always refer back to the same idea when when I was in boot camp, when Kathy wrote me a letter, I, read, I must have read her letters a hundred times. And we'd been married 30-some years, and we still have a box full of the letters that we wrote back and forth during that time. Still got them. Why? Because they matter to us. Right? And, and the concept, the word you could use for that, think about it. The word that we could use for that is, I keep her letters. But when we hear the Word of God say, do you keep my commandments, we think of it different. We think that he's talking about perfect performance. Do I do everything I'm supposed to do? No. I've been walking with the Lord longer than I've been married. And I still haven't reached perfection. But I keep his commandments the same way I keep Kathy's letters. They matter to me. I treasure them. When I see where the Word of God convicts me of wrong behavior or wrong thinking or whatever, then it's up to me to change. But nowadays, guys, if you look at our world nowadays, what, what men are doing is <clears throat> reaching into the Word and saying, we need to change what it says. We need to change the message. We need to say, no, come on, what's the big deal? We create a God in our own image because we don't care about what the Word of God tells us God's like, what God thinks, what God desires, how God behaves. It's all over this book. But rather than, than aligning our view of God with what His Word says, <clears throat> we create an idol. 
And we worship that idol as God, but we don't, we don't apply our comprehension of God to His Word. The book of Amos said that there would come a day where there would be a famine of the Word of God in the land. And then when there's a famine of the Word of God in the land, one of the things you can recognize is this downward spiral of man. You want to know what it looks like? Romans 1, 2, 3. Read those three chapters and then watch the news. And go, oh, wait a minute. I think I just read this. The downward spiral of man, of mankind who has rejected God. Man who has rejected God. And and I think, you know, we've got, there's a lot of uh, slogans out there, right, flowing. And, and boy, I really would love to see our nation turn around. But what's going to take for our nation to turn around is revival. And revival starts when God's people are willing to humble themselves and say, look, I want to see you as you are. I don't want to paint a picture. How many people here, well, I, to me, God's like this. Well, that's great. But it, who cares who he is to you? He's told us who he is. It's right here in this book. All we got to do is spend time reading it, studying it, coming to know who he is. And back to the original story, because I love Kathy, when I got her letters, what I do? Read them. If I love God, what I do? I read His letters. I read His Word. I want to know Him. I want to understand Him. That's the whole 119th Psalm. The entire thing, that's what it's about. So we start in verse 121. And I don't remember which letter we are, we are on, which number. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Each letter begins a pericope or a section of this part of Psalm 119. <coughs> this one is Ayin. Ayin, uh, verse 121, I have done justice and righteousness, so do not leave me to my oppressors. Of the little title I have written next to this uh, section of the psalm is Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance. That, uh, that first, I know that God's my rewarder. What's he doing in, psalm, in, in verse 121? He's saying, look, I'm, I'm following you because we become like the God we serve. So just think about that for a minute. We become like the God we serve. So if your God's grumpy, grouchy, and complains all the time, that's, that's what you'll be, right? So he's saying, look, here's what he's saying. I have done justice, and I've done righteousness. I'm, I'm following you. I'm doing your thing. So God, you're my rewarder. Don't leave me to my oppressors. And we know God's word. We just sang a song about one of the promises that God gives us, right? What's that promise? He said... Um, he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will do what? I'll come again. So that I can bring you into myself, that where I am, there you will be also. There's a promise of an eternal home that God, Jesus Christ, is creating for us. And so this is the, the psalmist saying, look, I'm, I'm walking the walk I need to walk. Don't leave me to the oppressors, but be a surety for your servant for good. And do not let the proud oppress me. Be a surety. It's a, be my guarantee that there is something better waiting for me. That's what that phrase means. Be, be my guarantee that, that there is something better. And that's what the Lord tells us the Holy Spirit is. The gift of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is the guarantee, a, a small down payment on, on uh, uh, an eternal life, home, place. So we have that surety that guarantee and then ultimately that god's our master look in verse 123 my eyes fail from seeking your salvation and your righteous word so there's two things there one he's looking for the lord 
There's a psalmist. So I'm looking for you because I want to see you. When, when there was a time, Kathy and I were married two weeks, and then I went on an unaccompanied tour. You guys know what that is? Unaccompanied tour means your spouse don't come with you. So I left, and I was gone. Um, that wasn't a float that time. That was just a duty station. Like Cuba is an unaccompanied tour. If you go to Cuba, your spouse don't come with you. And you can be there a year and a half, two years, and then you come back. Now, how do you think I wanted... Just picture the human longing for someone else that you want to be with that you can't be with. That's the same comprehension that the psalmist is laying out on the page here for how I want God. Man, I want to be with Him. I want to be with Him. I don't get to be with Him today unless, Lord willing, the trumpet sounds and He calls us. But until then, but I want to be... I'm looking forward to that reunion. I'm looking forward to that time. And in the meantime, my eyes fail me because I'm spending so much time reading his letters. Just like I did when I sit down and read Kathy's letters when I couldn't be with her. So it's, it's just this attitude of going after, seeking the Lord. Now the Bible tells in Romans chapter 3, no man seeks after the Lord. You're right, no man does. But when we're born again, what does God give us? A new heart, Right? He puts a new heart in us. What else does he give us? According to Romans 5, uh, uh, chapter 1 through, or verse 1 through 5, he puts love in our heart. He puts all those things that we didn't have before he touched us so that we can have those things. That, the, that that's a part of, becomes a part of who we are and what we do. So he says, deal with your servant according to your mercy and teach me your statutes. Now, trust me, if, if you spend time reading the Word of God, that's how you want God to, to deal with you. Nobody's going, God, give me what I deserve. If they do, they don't know what they deserve. But uh, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1 that all mankind, all unbelieving man, is under the wrath of God. So when the Bible says Jesus Christ came to save us, what he came to save us from is the wrath of God. That's justice. The wrath of God was just. Jesus came to save us from justice so that we could have grace, mercy, that gift that God offers of salvation. Save us from wrath, bring us into a right relationship with Him. And so, (coughs) He says, I want mercy. I want your mercy. I am your servant, so give me understanding that I might know your testimonies. All those things, testimonies, commandments, precepts, that's all synonymous terms with the Word of God. So he says, give me wisdom so that I can understand your Word. That's how we're supposed to come to the Word of God. God, help me, help me understand this. Trust me, if I sit down to read the Word and I go, oh, I don't know why I'm reading this dumb book or nothing, I get out of this dumb book every time I sit down. Guess what? That's self-fulfilling prophecy. Worked the same way when I was in school, when I sat down with my algebra book. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. I'm going to do this dumb thing. It's dumb. Oh, I never learned nothing. I'm never going to use this. What did I learn? Nothing. I can't do a lick of algebra to save my life. So, but if I come with a different attitude, does that change? Look, it's just words. It's English words, even. This is not hard to understand. I mean, I like what it says, but it's not hard to understand. We come to it and we say, Lord, open our eyes that we might have understanding. For it is time for you to act, O Lord. See, God is the ultimate judge. For they have regarded your law as void. 
Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold, yea, more than fine gold. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. Is that how you think about God's word? God's word says a lot of stuff people don't seem to like. Even in the church. We've talked about it before. There's whole there's there's churches that that will not teach the pastoral epistles because of what they say. That's first and second Timothy and Titus. Um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna teach those because I don't agree with what they say. But here's what the psalmist says, right? All your precepts, all the things you tell me are right. Right? Just think about, think about some of the unique things about the Word of God. I mean, there's so many reasons for us to cling to it as the Word of God, but um, gosh, I'm 50, like 250 years ago or more. When was 1776? Okay. Wow, I'm getting old. Anyways, we, we, our nation, bled a president to death, right? How'd George Washington die? We bled him to death. Why? He had infection. How do you cure infection? You bleed him, right? That's how you cure people. So there's a problem, right? When all that blood comes out, what happens? So more than 2,000 years previous, the Word of God said, life is in the blood. Oh, come on. It's just a dumb book. Not that long ago, whole world would have killed you if you said the world was round. But you know what the Bible said thousands of years before that? The earth is a sphere and hanging on nothing. So what do we know about the earth now? Oh, yep, it's a sphere. What's holding it up? A big turtle? <laughs> Atlas holding it up? When we go out in outer space, is that what we see? We see exactly what the Bible describes. Exactly what the Bible describes. There's so many ways, so many reasons to hold fast to the truth of God's Word. But there's other things that are less popular. Homosexuality is a sin. Gender confusion is probably a real deal. I get it. But it's not okay. Still sin. Sin still sin. That's a, a condition. It doesn't condemn them any more than it condemns me. I'm a sinner. I'm under the wrath of God. I need to be saved by the wrath of God. How am I saved by the, from the wrath of God? Through Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Period. That saves anyone. Anyone. But we're all under His wrath. And part of receiving that gift of Jesus Christ is this little world, word in Acts, I want to say Acts 17 says, and God commands all men everywhere to repent and believe. means I turn away from my sin, whatever it is, and I turn toward the Lord. All your precepts are right. That's not going to be okay. They will come when that's not going to be okay. But is this our attitude? All your precepts I consider to be right, and I hate every false way. Anything that's against the Lord. You either in or out. Pick it. Nobody forces you to come in, do they? You don't got to be a believer. But if you're going to profess belief, then be a believer. That means 
All the Word of God, the whole Word of God, every bit of the Word of God, that's what I believe. That's what I believe. That's reality. That's the truth. Then we come to the next <coughs> Hebrew letter. Uh, it's P. A, and this is a chain reaction. Take a look at it. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. So, the wonder of his testimonies leads to obedience. Listen to the chain reaction. Wonder leads to obedience. The entrance of your words give light. So obedience leads to understanding. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for your commandments. So understanding leads to desire. A desire to have. Verse 132, Look upon me and be merciful to me, as your custom is toward those who love your name. So desire leads to love. Desiring His Word leads to a love of the Lord. Uh, verse 133, Direct my steps by your Word, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. So love leads to guidance. And guidance, God's guidance or His direction, leads us to freedom. Let's look. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I might keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. And then finally we see freedom brings blessing. Make your face shine upon your servant. Teach me your statutes. And rivers of water run down from my eyes, because men do not keep your law. So the psalmist in this section is saying, man, look what it is that the Word of God brings into the life of a believer. What is it? Wander leads to obedience. Obedience to understanding. Understanding to desire. Desire leads to love. Love to guidance and freedom. And freedom brings blessing. And so the psalmist says, I weep for those who don't see that. I weep for those who don't recognize that this is what the beauty of God's Word brings into our life. Into our life. The opportunity that we have <clears throat> to lay hold of all that God has. Then we come to Tzad. Tzad, uh, this little pericope, this section, is about <coughs> trusting in the Lord. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. Your testimonies which you have commanded are righteous and very faithful. So, what's it saying? God's Word is trustworthy. And no matter what He says, whatever He lays out for us is right. It's right. That's the gig. Right? Not the God we create in our own mind that we worship on our shelf at home. But the God who's revealed Himself through His Word. This is what Christianity is all about. This is what being a follower of Jesus Christ is all about. His word in my heart. Me agreeing with him. Nope, you're right. I'd rather do that. I'd rather do that. I was, I was sharing with somebody earlier this week. It's funny because you guys realize that our natural bend is not to obey God's law or, or word or follow God's word or be in it. And I, I saw an illustration that I really like. And that illustration was this. It doesn't matter... I can take a lion and put a lion in a cage in a zoo, right? And I can fill his bowl with oats 
And he can live on them. He can eat them and live. But he'll sit there and starve. Because the oats aren't good? Because the oats won't bring life? No, how come he won't eat the oats? Well, he's a meat eater. All I do is eat meat. Meat is what I want. I want meat. And if I can't have meat, I won't eat what's in front of me. And unless God changes his nature, which the Bible says God will do, because the lion's going to eat grass one day. But when God changes his nature, what happens? And all of a sudden, he loves things he didn't love before. He'll eat things he didn't eat before. He agrees with things he didn't agree with before. How does that occur? God changes your nature. When does that happen? What did Jesus tell Nicodemus in John chapter 3? Unless a man is born again, he will not enter into the kingdom of God. And a man to be born again must be born in the spirit, right? That's something God does. God does inside of us. He, he makes a new work out of us, right? For we are his workmanship, created for good works that God ordained uh, before ta- beforehand that we should walk in them. That, that God does that work. He reaches in and he takes my heart that's all gunky. Now how does that occur? That occurs when a man repents and believes. Then all of a sudden, that meal I have before me of the word of God. Yeah, that looks good. I'd have never ate it before. I didn't want to read it before. Didn't care about it before. Didn't care about being good. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Until God changed my heart. You say, I don't know. I don't know if God's changed my heart. I don't know. What do I do if I don't know if God's changed my heart? Simple. You need a conversation with him. Who does the work? God does the work. I can't, I don't have, uh, you know, pixie dust I can sprinkle over your head. That's a conversation you need to have before the Lord. Crying out like the psalmist said, I want your mercy. Give me your mercy, God. Change my heart. Change my attitude. Now, if that's what you desire, if that's what's going on Inside of you, I believe still that God answers that prayer. And he gives it. And he touches and he changes. He changes the heart of a man. His testimonies, they are righteous and faithful. His word's true. I don't care what anybody says about it. My zeal has consumed me. Because my enemies have forgotten your word. Zeal. The the word zeal is exactly the same as the word jealous. It's being jealous for something. Not, don't get it confused with the idea of some twisted jealousy, weirdness. It's not that. It's just someone who wants, I want the best for. I want good for them. You want to know what jealousy is all about? Read the book of Hosea. God said, Hosea, go marry a prostitute. Hosea could have said, you know, Lord, this is not going to end well. I'm pretty sure God knew that when he told him to go do it. So he goes and he marries a prostitute. And what does she do? She runs off. Poof, she's gone. And when she's gone, God comes to Hosea and he says, Hosea, go get your wife. I don't want her. She left me. 
she's gone. Yeah, that's what Israel's done for me. But I want you to do for her what I do for them. You go get her. And when he goes to get her, nobody wanted her. She had no value to anyone. But what does Hosea? Hosea is jealous for her. We sing a song, right? God is what? Jealous for me. What's that all about? That God comes all the way across the cosmos so that there can be a relationship between us and, and He. He is jealous for me. So he says, I'm jealous. I'm jealous for those who have lost their way. My zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your word. Look, I told you, you're either on the team or off. You're either in the, 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 the bus or you're out of the bus. If you're out of the bus, what does the Bible call you? The Bible says if we do not have peace with God, what are we? We are an enemy of God. There's no middle. There's no some supposed middle ground where, no, you're either under the wrath of God or you're in a relationship with God and you have peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. There's only two possibilities. But the psalmist is, has zeal for those, has zeal uh, that has consumed him, not to destroy his enemies, but that his enemies would realize, man, I, I have forgotten the pure word of God. For your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. No matter what they say, no matter what your, your word is pure. Your word is right. Your word is true. And I need to meditate on it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. There's nothing special about me or anybody else, or the Apostle Paul, or, or any of the prophets. They're just men like every other man. That's what the Bible tells. That's what the, exactly what the Bible says about Elijah. Elijah, this prophet that did all this crazy stuff, God's Word says, hey, just a man like you. Just a man like, like you and me. And he prayed. And God withheld the rain for seven years. In answer to his prayer. Hey, God, God moves, God works, God, <coughs> God is, is at the end of the day, he is the, we are in a theocentric world, whether the world acknowledges that or not. What? I'm sorry. Theos means God, centric, centered. We're in a God-centered world, whether the world acknowledges that or not. God is the center of the universe. He's it. He's the main thing. Now most people live like we are in an anthropocentric world. Anthropos, man-centered world. But this world does not revolve around man. It doesn't revolve around you. And it doesn't revolve around me. It revolves around God. And, and all our energy ought to be toward that end. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. And your law is truth. So no matter what I feel, your righteousness is everlasting righteousness. Your law is truth. No matter what. Period. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me, yet your commandments are my delight. You ever gone through trouble, even though, hey, I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to walk with the Lord and be who God wants me to be, but my, my world's a little upside down. God, what's going on? It's the same source of strength we got to go to. Where's that source of strength? His word. Your word is my delight. 
I got to hold on to that because that's what gives me the strength I need to continue. Uh, the, your, or the righteousness of your testimony is everlasting. So give me understanding and I shall live. So we can trust in God no matter what anyone says, no matter how I feel, no matter how long I live. God's word's right. It's true. And it will strengthen us and we'll grow thereby. <coughs> I don't even know how to say this next letter. Kopf. You guys okay with that? Yeah. Kopf. Q-O-P-H. You tell me. <clears throat> so this is the next pericope. This is a primer on prayer. It's about prayer. I cry out with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. It's a desire. When is our desire? You know, my desire is to be the man God wants me to be. My desire is to be the husband I'm supposed to be to my, to my wife. My desire is to be the father I'm supposed to be to my kids. Now, does that mean I meet all those desires? So what is it that this guy begins with? That my desire, This is my desire to, to follow you. So with my whole heart, I pray. My whole heart, I'm asking God, help me be the man of God you want me to be. Help me be the father you want me to be. Help me be the husband you want me to be. That I can follow you. For I cry out to you. Save me. And I will keep your testimonies. Save me. Now, when oftentimes when we look through, sometimes it can, can confuse us. Especially in the Old Testament. But it's often when he's talking about saving, he's talking about saving his life physically. You get what I mean? He might be sick. And he's saying, Lord, save me. I, I want to live. I don't want to die. Save me and I'll keep your, your testimonies. I'll follow your law. I'll do... The things that you want me to do. Like we've all cried out, right? If we're, if, you know, if we're going through something and we think, oh, you know, we make those deals with God all the time. Yeah? You never done those? God, if you get me out of this or if you change this, I will. That's a, so just so you know, there's nothing new under the sun. The psalmist was doing it thousands of years before you and me were born. But it's the same thing. He's saying, look, um, <clears throat> save me. And I will keep your testimonies. I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. My hope is in your word. So I get up early to pray. I get up early to pray. And my hope is in the word. What's the word tell us? Do you know how much hope there is in, in this book, man? Man, there's a lot of hope in here if you, if you take it and you eat it. And you make it a part of who you are. There's a lot of hope. There's a hope of, of a heavenly home. There's a hope that every person I ever lost on this earth to eternity is not gone. Just out in the cosmos somewhere, pff, they're just gone. There's a hope that that's not the end. There's a hope that Jesus said there's life. Everlasting. That there's a a home we can't even begin to understand or recognize. A place where the wolf will lay down with the lamb. A place where the lion will eat straw. A place where the cobra will play next to the child's playpen. And if a kid wants to get up and lead them all on a parade, he just stands up and the lion walks with him. And the cobra slithers alongside him. And, and the wolf and the lamb all together. Now what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if those are real animals. This is what I know. All the traditional enemies that have ever been on this earth, in the animal kingdom, that's all over. 
you know, like a virus is an enemy. Cancer is an enemy. Mental illness is an enemy. And God says, all that stuff's gone. And you're never going to have to worry about any of it again. And there's two specific areas in the book of Revelation. We'll be in, hopefully, in a month and a half. And what's that laugh about? <clears throat> I think I can make it. But we'll see. If I finish Psalm 119 in 10 minutes. So, but, <clears throat> what was I saying? I don't even know now. Virus, yeah, it's all over. You guys get the idea. Two sections in the book of Revelation that say, He wipes away all our tears. So no more sorrow. No more eternal goodbyes. No more arguments or fights or battles. New heaven. New earth. Beautiful place. That's, that's pretty incredible hope, isn't it? Or I just got this. Yeah, I don't know if you're that, if that's cool. Knock yourself out. This kind of sucks. I'm just telling you. Wait till you've been here. Well, some of you guys have been here as long as me. But after a while, you realize this ain't my home, man. There's more. There's more. Okay, so he goes on. Uh, and he says in this, in this uh, call for prayer, in verse uh, uh, 148, My eyes are awake through the night watches, that I may meditate on your word. And hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. So he's praying, first off, according to your loving kindness. That's how we enter into the presence of God. By His mercy, by His grace. And then he's saying, revive me. Revive me according to your justice. Make me the man you want me to be. I tell people all the time, you want to see revival in the nation? It's really simple. Go home, draw a circle around yourself and ask God to start revival in the circle. And if enough people do that, this whole world will change. But as long as everybody thinks, revive them, fix that guy, boy, that dude over there is a mess, then nothing's going to change. But when we're asking for for me, that's when things are going to change. That's when God's going to move. <clears throat> they draw near who follow after wickedness. They are far from your law. They're far from your law. Is that not true? Holy cow, man. The world is upside down, man. Evil is good. Good is evil. They're far from your law. So what, what are we supposed to do? We pray for them, man. We pray for them. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. What your word says is true. So concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. What did Jesus say? Not one jot or one tittle will pass away until all these things are fulfilled. That not, we would not lose anything in the Word of God. Well, Jackie, what are you talking about? The Bible says Paul wrote a letter to the Laodiceans, and we don't have it. Well, that wasn't Scripture. You have the Word of God. You got what God wanted you to have. You get it? You got that part. Yeah, you don't get to read every letter I w wrote my wife. There's a couple I'll show you. Here, you can read these. Nope, you don't get to, when I'm dead, knock yourself out. But no, you don't get them. Because that's between me and her. Sometimes the letters that God had his apostles write to a church was between him and them. And it wasn't for us. You get what I'm saying? But the stuff that was for us is right here. Yeah, there's no, there's, there, it's, it's unbelievable. You want to spend the time studying uh, New Testament reliability, it's an, it's an incredible study. I invite you to do so. I'll probably 
Maybe I'll do a class on that when I finish the one I'm doing on Thursdays now, which is not going to end for another year or so, sooner or later. Stand by, and we'll get to it. <clears throat> okay, the next pericope, Resh. Resh is asking strength for the journey. Consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. God, revive me. You're my Redeemer. Man, I need you to breathe life into these old bones. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me. How? According to your word. How's revival start? Through the word of God. God's people coming to the word of God, grabbing a hold of the word of God, gravitating to the word of God, holding up the word of God and saying, this is it. It's true. And every man's a liar. And I need to conform to it. But I can't because I'm the lion who wants to eat meat, but I got oats. So where do I go? I go to God. Change my heart. Change my heart. So that I delight in you. So that I love your word. Salvation is far from the wicked. For they do not seek (coughs) your statutes or your word. And great are your tender mercies, O Lord. So revive me according to your judgments. Man, great are your tender mercies. His mercy is amazing. So revive me according to your judgments. Do what you got to do in my life to get me where you need me to be. Long time ago, Kathy prayed that prayer for a a lousy, good-for-nothing husband, man. And God made that lion eat oats. Radically changed our life. But she said, hey, I'm pretty sure she didn't know when she prayed, do whatever you got to do to fix him. It meant that he was going to do it to all of us. But... God revived us according to His judgment. He did what needed to be done to get us where we needed to be. It says, Many are my persecutors and my enemies, yet I do not turn from your testimony. Look, there's a lot of people ready to pitch the word out. Churches, as soon as the the, um, Supreme Court came down with the legalization of gay marriage, the churches by the droves were ready to pitch the Bible out. Yeah, that's okay. You know what? We need to get past all this stuff and just just move toward this record. Look, I, I, they're just like me. God loves them just like God loves me. But sin, sin, and you repent from sin and turn to God and receive salvation. That's how that works. And it doesn't change by me saying, okay, that's not sin no more. Yeah, that, don't, that, that won't fly. That won't, what's he saying? Look, there's enemies all around me, persecutors all around me, but I'm not pitching your word out. I hold fast to your word. Here's what your word says. I hold fast to it. <clears throat> he says, I see the treacherous and am disgusted because they do not keep your word. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a clear delineation of sides. You guys get what he's saying? Like, I love what God loves. I hate what God hates. That's the line God drew. I'm not drawing it. you reading it. You get to pick. What part of that line you standing on? What part of that line you want to be? Consider how I love your precepts and revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. For the entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Man, all your word is true. 
All your word is true. Revive me, revive me, revive me. That's a, that section right there, but that ought to be read every day in the United States until that happens. Revive me, God. The next paracope, the next section is Shin. Shin, which talks about uh, blessed are the balanced. Let's look at it. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I have respect for your word, even though I'm being persecuted. So I'm being persecuted, but I respect your word. Not, I'm being persecuted, and they're saying that I I can't believe like I believe, so I'm going to pitch your word out, and I'm going to do what they want me to do. Because that's what Nebuchadnezzar did in Babylon, right? What was the deal? Assimilate, assimilate, assimilate. Think like we think. Do what we do. What Daniel say? No. And what did he do? He was elevated, not brought low. Why? Because it's not the world that elevates you. Who is it? God. God says, I raise up kings and I bring them down. If God wants you up, you'll be up. If God wants you down, you'll be down. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because his judgments are always right. That's what he's declaring. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. And I hate and abhor uh, lying, but I love your law. So what's the balance? I hate and abhor lying. I hate what you hate. I love what you love. I hate what you hate. I love what you love. There's great treasure in your word. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgment. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing Causes them to stumble. What do you got there? Praise and poise. I praise you and I don't stumble. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Who keeps us from falling? Yeah. To Jesus Christ alone, our Savior. God alone who is wise. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power. Both now and forevermore. Jude 24, 25. Who doesn't keep us from falling? Man, it's Jesus Christ doesn't keep us from falling. We praise Him because He keeps my feet. He keeps my poise. I don't stumble. I don't stumble. I cling unto Him. The balance we have in the Lord. Verse 166. Lord, (coughs) I hope for Your salvation and I do Your commandments. My soul keeps Your testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I keep Your precepts and Your testimonies for all my ways are before you just walking and waiting on the lord what how did he start lord i hope for your salvation i'm looking for all those fulfillments but in the meantime what am i doing walking the walk waiting to see the lord walk in the walk waiting to see the lord and walk in the walk the last paracope tau tau is hear my prayer hear my cry Come before, or let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. What's he asking for? Open your word to me. I want to understand it. I want to be able to glean from it. I want to be able to chew it. I want to, I want to be able to eat it, make it a part of my life. Let my supplication come before you and deliver me according to your word. All the promises that God gives us are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Every promise is good. Every promise we can cling to. My lips shall utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. 
And my tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand become my help, for I have chosen your precepts. I need your hand, God. I long for your salvation, O Lord. I need your salvation. I need you to change me, revive me, make me new. I need that. I need your hand. I need your salvation. And your law is my delight. So let my soul live and it shall praise you. I need your help. Let your judgments help me. I need your help. I need your hand. I need your salvation. Because I am yours. Look what he says. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. For I do not forget your commandments. I don't forget your word. Seek your servant. There's a poem called The Hound of Heaven. I'm thankful for the Hound of Heaven. Why? Because I belong to God and He don't let me go. It's like I, I viewed it several times in my life as a dog on a chain. You guys ever seen those? <clears throat> we had this dog on our neighborhood was on a chain. And uh, every time you rode your bike by, that dog come at you. And I was pretty thankful for the chain. Because it would come to the end of the chain, and that chain would go, and the dog's feet would fly out from underneath it, go swinging up in there. You guys have seen it before, right? Swinging by its neck, landing on its back. Ooh, it was pretty quick, back up on its feet. There's been more than one time in my life, I was the dog on a chain. God only let me go so far. And then I come to the end of my chain. And he says, back. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that it's God who does the saving. I'm thankful it's God who does the changing. I'm thankful it's God who does the working in my life. Right? How's the Bible describe me? Like a lump of clay on a wheel. When's the last time you watched a potter making something and you said, Man, you check out that lump of clay. It's so cool. Look what that lump of clay is doing. What's a lump of clay doing? Just sitting there screaming, ah, spinning around in circles. Who's doing the work? Potter. Yeah? Making something useful. Something the potter needs. And I'm thankful that that's how God works in our life. Amen? Look, you didn't think it would happen, but we made it and it's not 830. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray.